Warning, in this podcast, we speak freely as a form of expressing ourselves. With that being said, this episode may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Foot News, where we talk most things football, also known as soccer. We'll try to keep you up to date with the most important things happening in the world of football. We love the Premier League and we love playing FPL. Those will be our main focus, but of course, there's the World Cup, Champions, and Europa League, and a bunch of other important things that could be happening. It's just a couple of friends talking about the game they love. I'm your host, X. Let's get it. Good morning, good evening, or good evening. Good night, whatever it might be when you are listening. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Foot News. I'm here with my boy George and my boy Chacon. Sorry for the hiatus. We did say we were going to be a minute um, due to the cluster of game weeks and games in between the week. And we have George that is moving, is currently in the, in, you know, in the whole thing of moving. Uh, Chacon was sick. Uh, and then I was actually out of town myself, just like a last minute thing. But we're back bringing you from game weeks 11 to 13 on certain teams uh, here in the Premier League. And for, I know my cousin was asking me, what is FPO? It's FPL when we talk about FPL. is Fantasy Premier League. It's just like fantasy football. Just to, for the clarification of anybody else uh, doesn't know what that is. And you're just a fan of the EPL. FPL is just like fantasy football. You basically pick your players and um, however they perform over the week weekend or whenever they play. That's the points that you get. Uh, definitely check it out at fantasypremierleague.com and then maybe make a team. It's uh, a little too late to actually compete in it, but you can at least get a feel for it. But anyways, that's basically uh, just my intro. How you guys doing, Chuck? Are you feeling better? Uh, what, what was going on, bro? I didn't even get a chance to ask you. Yeah, man, I usually get sick maybe like once a year. Just some bug that was going around. Um, just getting used to there was like a temperature change up here in Detroit. So, um, but yeah, I'm still good now. Uh, thanks for the, you know, pouring you know messages of love and everyone wishing me to get better um that was like i think like one person uh, <laughs> yeah glad to be back hey that one person <laughs> it was george <laughs> oh, for sure but glad glad you're feeling better bro for sure uh we did miss you the last episode didn't feel the same with you know, without you um what about you george how's it moving how's everything going for you i know you got injured yesterday's game must be pretty frustrating for you Walk us, walk us through your life real quick for your, you know, you're, no, you're number one, uh, you're a fan favorite, George. Let the fans know. I'm a fan favorite. Hey, even though hey, uh, I, I dropped one follower, I went from 15 to 14. What's going on? <laughs> I'm losing, uh, I'm losing followers now, nah, but uh, uh, yeah, just getting ready to move completely by probably Saturday. So definitely have a little mini studio, hopefully by Monday at some point or some point next week. Uh, injury wise, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I'm stubborn. I like to think I'm ready to go tomorrow, but that's not the case. So, new charter territory for me. I'm like I said, I'm stubborn when it comes to injuries. I just I always say I'm ready to go, and maybe I learned my lesson this time. We'll see. I'm sure it's like the same for a lot of athletes when you get hurt and you're ready, just ready to go back in. I mean, it's like a, it's like a drug. We need it. If you're not playing, you get like so frustrated. It's like a dog being on a chain all day. You gotta get you gotta get let loose. You gotta get walked. You know you gotta get you know you gotta go play and and run around. And because if you don't, you're just gonna lose your goddamn mind. I'm sure that all athletes can relate to that. But you know, hopefully, you get a speedy recovery. Anyways, getting right into it, we're gonna go with uh, the league favorites to win uh, this year's league. Man City. We did talk about the City Liverpool game, so I'm not gonna go too deep into that one. Uh, Liverpool. We said the sleeping lion. 
uh, woke up against a Man City team. And honestly, we weren't, like, it wasn't surprising, but surprising all in the same. We didn't expect it, but at the same time, we're like, okay, if it did happen and we did speak about it, we weren't going to be that surprised because, uh, like George said, it seems like Klopp has Pep's number and it just seemed to work. Uh, Liverpool team that didn't seem that they had, they, I mean, they had Milner playing right back and they ended up, you know, taking out Man City, but we did speak about the great defensive effort from Liverpool and they locked down Holland. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say than that. The Liverpool got a great result and definitely helped uh, league leaders Arsenal in that, in that sense as well. But moving on to match day 12, they actually didn't play just because um, of Arsenal's Europa League fixture. So they skipped that one. That one will be postponed. Uh, they don't know. They have, don't have a date for that yet. So move right into uh, game week 13. We do. It was Man City Brighton. It was a comfortable win. 3-1. Holland superly bodied for the first goal. People were saying it's a foul. It wasn't a foul. It was 50-50 goes and gets the tap in. I think City was, was very dominant. Even though Brighton did get a, a, go, a goal from Trossard, it was a great goal to Ederson's near post, which I feel like he should have saved, but maybe it was just super rocket and, you know, Ederson didn't, get it, didn't see it to like the very last moment. But it seems like City definitely bounced back from that Liverpool loss. Uh, they shook that off and they're, they're back in the, to their winning ways. Um, how, how, do you, how do you see City, uh, um, George? Sorry. How do you see City, George? Do you think that they're still like the favorites to win the, F, the FPL? I mean, the EPL? You still feel like, even though Arsenal's top, they're still like, you know, everybody's favorite. I mean, even though I'm Arsenal fan, I think Man City for sure is, is the favorites to win the, the league because of their depth, like you say, and the way they're playing. Uh, do you think they bounce back properly? Uh, how did you see these games? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I uh, can't remember. I think it was two, three episodes ago that um, the way people talk about City is that they're like already 10, 15 points clear of everybody else. but. Um, yeah, after that Liverpool game, maybe you thought, oh, you know, maybe they'll struggle a little bit, but that wasn't the case. They, you know, they played their typical, even when they lost, they still played, you know, their style. And obviously Liverpool got up for that game and they got the result. But City look look as good as you can expect them to look against Brighton, a tough team that, you know, we'll talk about later, is going through a little losing streak. but. You know, well, actually, you know, when we think of Guardiola's teams, right, we think that they keep 50-plus procession, but they actually lost that battle. It was 52-48 Brighton, which is, you could say, you know, it ain't much, but, I mean, I thought it was pretty surprising. You know, you when you think of City, you think they have 55-60, but that wasn't the case in this game. But, yeah, uh, Haaland looking as good as you can expect. Uh, it's just crazy at that point, but I mean, the only, I guess we'll see how the World Cup shapes up, but I, like like we said, the depth City has, it's just hard to think of how they could ever not finish with the title, especially right now that, I guess, in the beginning of the season, we all probably expected Liverpool to be that team to put the pressure, and, you know, since they're struggling, it almost looked like it's over, but I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if anybody steps up. Obviously, right now it's Arsenal, but, you know, it's a long race, so who knows? Yeah, for sure, especially I was reading something that said Liverpool stay seventh, uh, 11 points behind Arsenal, who was in first, having played a game more than them. Uh, you know, just imagine somebody telling you that 
this was what we were going to say this season. So that's that's insane for sure. We all thought Liverpool was going to be, um, and we'll get to their result, but we thought they were going to be that team that puts the press on City. But as we see City's different gravy when it comes to longevity of you know the EPL. What about you, Chuck? How do you see City? Do you think that they're still favorites? Would you still bet you know your money on them? Um, how are you seeing it? First off, I, I like how you snuck in that little Arsenal fact in there. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I wasn't here uh, for the, the Man City-Liverpool recap, but I just wanted to mention, like, I really felt what you guys said as far as Liverpool putting it in a defensive shift. But, you know, every now and then those mid-table teams will get some results too. So I wouldn't pay too much mind to that. Um, I still think Man City is a clear favorites for the league. I don't see really Liverpool that loss really affecting them too much. Um, as far as this last game week, the Man City Brighton, it it was a tighter game than the scoreline showed. I felt, I guess, from my perspective, neither team, like you said, really controlled possession fully. It was a very back and forth game, and I think individual quality made the difference. That Holland goal, bullying people, that Trossard goal was was great. That KDB screamer, and. Brighton actually had some opportunities to tie the game and things could have been different. Uh, but the scoreline did show a comfortable win. Uh, I think it was closer than that, though, as we were watching. And I see um, that last Man City game versus Southampton beforehand. It just shows how the depth that Man City has uh, and being able to shift around players, uh, get these kinds of wins against these scrappy teams. Uh, and I really see them uh, still as favorites. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see some of these players that aren't going to the World Cup and how they handle themselves during the World Cup break to see if they can uh, continue that form. Specifically, I guess I'm talking about Holland. It's going to be interesting to see after the World Cup break to see if they will continue to be uh, consistent and favorites for the league. I'm sure for like the players... No, I love the points that you made. I'm sure for like the players that aren't going to the World Cup, like Holland, I'm sure they'll enjoy you know watching the World Cup. But I'm sure they'll still be training just as hard, uh, maybe still in the city camp with some city coaches, and you know trying to still you know keep the the knife sharp, all their tools sharp. So then when it gets back to it, they're ready to go. Um, and I think it'll even out as far as the players that end up do go into the World Cup and coming back. I mean, they're going to get tired, they're going to be fatigued, they're going to be playing these amounts of games and these amounts of times in a different country and traveling. So I think you know the lack of actual match matches that like, you know, players like Holland will have to like the excessive matches that the players that do go to the world cup have, I think it'll even out and they'll all come uh, at the same like level. Does that make sense? You, you get what I'm saying here? Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm yeah. interested to see that because we've never seen this before okay. uh, in the history of, I guess, as, as far as I've been watching, I've never seen such a break in the middle of the season. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of players react. Yeah, because, I mean, the closest thing we had was, like, the COVID thing. But even then, the players all left at the same time. Nobody was playing anywhere. So, yeah, this is uh, definitely a different shift. So we'll see. Holland, still top goal scorer. Speaking to him, speaking to Man City with 17 goals, 3 assists, 11 matches played. Still um, on track to break the record that Salah had set. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, you know, George asked me an interesting question, Jack, and I actually want to see your answer. If you were to name the top five currently Premier League strikers, who would be your list? Obviously, we know Holland would be one because, you know, stats. Uh, who is two to five for you? For me, it would be, I think Harry Kane is a clear second. Yeah. 
that, that was mine as well. Um, yeah, I think Kane is a clear second. Um, after that, it's kind of it's kind of a preference almost. Everyone is is kind of uh, just in the middle of the pack, very average. I, I know Gabrielle started off really strong, but he's had some poor performances recently. I guess I would put um, Gabriel uh, Jesus third. Um, I know he has had some poor form, but debatable. I guess <laughs> debatable, but I would put him third. Uh, just so far in the season, the X amount of games we've had so far, and we look at all the performance as a whole. I definitely think he's. The, I would. I would put him third, and fourth. I think I would put Callum Wilson. I think, I think if you look at his, he had he had some injuries and missed a few games. But if you look at his, uh, his contribution to, to minutes played, uh, it's up there. He's I think he's one of the better strikers in the league. I'm really surprised he hasn't made a big money move to one of the top six teams yet. Maybe it could be the lack of match fitness and the injury prone uh, trait that he has. But I would definitely put him fourth. I'd say, but I'd say Newcastle is definitely moving up to being one of these bigger clubs, especially the way they've been playing and with the money that's going to be coming into them. So I think he's at a good spot right now. Sorry to cut you off, just just wanted to let you know. Maybe he was looking for you know that move to a bigger to a quote unquote bigger club, but I think Newcastle is definitely one of these clubs that's on the rise up. And um, you know, allegedly they're getting you know some good cash coming in, and they're making big signings, and the way that they're playing is exciting. So I think. Uh, I do like that pick. Colin Wilson is definitely one of the top strikers in the league. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, fifth, what do you got? And then after that, uh, yeah, I'll round it out with Firmino just overall in the season. Um, it's really great performance. It's just fun to watch. Uh, one of the more enjoyable strikers for me personally. But like I said, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of like middle of the pack strikers. You could put Nunez up there. Uh, you can put. I don't, uh, know, if you I don't know what that one was. <laughs> the most complete striker. We'll get but to I'm, him. We'll I'm, get to him. I'm saying like there's not that many strikers. Zaha is a winger, but maybe you could say he's a striker. But they don't even have an out and out striker, so it's all up in the air right now. I think a lot of wingers are performing more than strikers, so it's hard to pick a top five yeah. striker list. Uh, but that's kind of where my head's at with that. Yeah. So, that so list. the Bobby one's actually interesting because so my my list was obviously was Haaland. Kane was a clear second for me. And then I told George, it'd probably be Gabriel Jesus, Mitrovic, and um, who's the other one? Who's the other one I told you, George? Tony, oh, Tony. and Ivan Tony. So, and I told him three to five could really go in any order. So that'd be Jesus, Mitrovic, and Tony. But I did forget that Firmino's been going off. And that's why I wanted to bring it up again. I feel like Firmino is definitely still up there. As far as being a complete striker and what he produces to the team uh, and just is able to involve the players around him. I think that's what a complete striker is. Whereas Holland's like a direct, um, like that's the target, man. That's the guy you're aiming for. So, but yeah, I mean, this list, it's interesting to see that this list, you can pick from different varieties and even anywhere within the teams of the Premier League, like Ivan Tony's up there and you rate him that high. And it, as far as Harry Kane, I mean, he has 10 goals right now. It's just because of Holland's crazy stats, but you know, that'd be a 10 goals in the Premier League is not bad. So I think, uh, and man, he could be have so much more if he was just at a club that was a little more attacking. But regardless of which, that that was a question that George did bring up, and I, and I thought it was interesting. Just wanted to see your take on it. But uh, moving on to Manchester United, Georgie, your boys. Uh, your uh, your uh, go ahead, go ahead. your last minute last minute winner. I mean, tie from Casemiro. 
Um, anyways, uh, go ahead. Tell us about your United. How do you think they've been doing? How do you think they will do? Uh, what's what's going th- what's going on right now? Yeah, United. Um, your favorite club's favorite club <laughs> team that uh, everybody loves to uh, hate on or whatever. But um, I guess just recapping real quick. Just in a what I took for these three weeks. Well, these three game weeks is that they look good ever since that smacking to uh city they've been picking up steam here uh against newcastle they they could have easily won it's just they couldn't break through their defense but it was all united that game early on in the first half uh i believe newcastle had a uh i had a joelinto maybe i'm getting his name wrong but he had one like hit off the post but i think in the second half they had nothing obviously against spurs our best game of the year by far you know, we completely dominated that game. And then against Chelsea, the first the first half, it was all United. And, you know, Rashford could have put this game away early in the first, well, in the first half. But once uh, Chelsea put in Kovacic, Kovacic um, the game kind of got real tight. And it really should have been a, like a 0-0 draw. But, you know, my boy Casimiro, hey, uh, the boy Chacon uh, tried to, hey, he spoke a little too soon there, came to bite him, <laughs> uh, predicting that uh, he was going to call me out that uh, United, that uh, Chelsea was going to keep that clean sheet. And I told him, hey, there's still five minutes left. And like a minute later, boom, we got the goal. Clear goal. Uh, that's one of the things VAR really helped on. Uh, yeah, out yeah on because, because it looked, it was, it was, it was well, no, hold on. It wasn't clear. It, 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 when you look at it through VAR and the it goal line clear. technology, it was it was okay. You can see it. But if you were looking at it just through the camera, that yeah. was tight. Because I'll be honest with you, without the technology, I don't think the key, I don't think the the ref would have called that goal because he had to check his watch, like really check his watch. Like if he had a date and he had to check the time, just to make sure he left at the right time. Like he really checked that fucking watch. So it was not clear. Uh, once you put the yeah. cameras on it, then yeah, it helped. But even looking at it like that, it looked like um, Kepa kind of kept it right on the edge of the line. So. I mean, I don't know. United could have well, could have paid well, a little money to the people well, you know, there working the cameras. I don't know about that one. <laughs> if anything, like you said, if there was no technology, I think it would be a home cooking call. As in, uh, I didn't see anything yeah. uh, because you know, is is that Chelsea? You know, one of those things that you want to send the the, the home team's uh, fans happy. But it was, you know, obviously uh, I would have loved to have nine out of nine points, but considering. You know, the level of of a point, especially the Chelsea one, uh, that's the game I really wanted to see because, I mean, the the three, well, yeah, the three top, quote-unquote, top six teams that we played at home, we beat them. Obviously, against City, we lost away. But Chelsea, you know, we'll we'll talk about it a little later. Chelsea is that good measuring stick to see, okay, are we worthy of this top four? And, you know, I, I think I came out a little bit you know, comfortable saying, you know, we, we definitely, I know I had them early that they were going to finish top four. I still believe they'll be finish top four. And, uh, one of the guys that have really came into his own a little bit here is, uh, Dalot. He's been holding it down on that right side. Him and Anthony are, are a thing to watch on that right side. They complement each other very well. And then our, $60 million player, you know, the guy that uh, scored a $60 million, $60 million goal, Casemiro, once they put him in the starting lineup, that motherfucker's an enforcer. He is what we were missing in that in that middle of the field. 
uh, he's after every game, he's just you can see the growth. He's getting more comfortable, and hey, sooner rather than later, maybe I'm biased, but hey, he'll take over that, you know, holding midfielder top holding midfielder in the Premier League. But we'll see. You know, it's, I don't want to. <laughs> Get out oh of myself my here. But... All right, relax. It's been like three okay, games, okay. The, oh, three good performances. Okay, but the guy that's wow. okay, the guy saying Partey is the fucking best one. Well, you got Rodri, but okay. okay. Rodri and Party. I don't think you put anybody else. It's just because your man scored a late yeah, minute goal, you want to go ahead and put him there. Relax. It's the Premier League. He needs time. Okay. To... I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he still needs some time to adapt. All right, just calm down. Calm down. Regardless. No, of okay. Shit. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> we'll see. So how do you? Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about ahead. Ronaldo later. Sorry, no, I was gonna say we'll talk. I'll I'll leave the Ronaldo comments after you guys. Okay, yeah, in. for sure. Um, yeah, I think the Man United Newcastle game was a really anticipated game. Unfortunately, there was no goals in it. I did. I do think that United could have come away with that win. Like you said, they didn't break through that Newcastle defense, and I think Newcastle realized that hey, it, this might not be a game to go for and win. But I think they came out that way. Um, and they started realizing, like, hey, you know, we're going to have to play a little more solid in the back and just hold on to this tie, and that's exactly what they did. So a great job on their part, and it was unfortunate for United. Um, it, was about, it was almost about 50-50 possession, but I think United was a lot more dangerous with the possession that they actually had when it came to that game. So it was 0-0. Uh, they didn't get the three points there, but they didn't come out with a loss, so that's a, that's a positive. I think these, like you said, these three opponents that United has faced, you know, Newcastle, Tottenham, and they came out and faced Chelsea, I think, these were some big games uh, with some of the top teams in the Premier League, you know, currently. And these were good results as far as, you know, beating Tottenham, actually dominating Tottenham, uh, and then coming out and, you know, getting that tie. Because I think Chelsea scored like in the minute, what, 83, 82, something like that, like super late. It was like basically yeah. like they thought they won that game. Questionable PK. Questionable PK. Uh, and then, you know, Casemiro scores that goal. And um, so United kept fighting for it. So I, th I thought that I thought that was awesome. And I think they're on the right track. They caught the rhythm. Um, and I could definitely see them, the way that they're playing, uh, placing top four. You know, top four finish now in the Premier League with the teams that they're around is a lot tougher. Um, so saying that doesn't come lightly. And I, I do see United uh, finishing top four if they keep playing the way that they're playing. But yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole Ronaldo thing, we could talk about that later because I know that's a conversation within itself. Uh, but anyways, Chuck, how do you, how do you see United? you think that they're uh, top four material or do you think they'll eventually fall? Yeah, so I did want to, before I forget, mention, like, fun fact. Uh, George mentioned Delow. I drafted Delow in my very first, like, uh, draft format. Uh, I drafted him in my first squad and hasn't been transferred out and he's been bossing it and Loki having a really good season. Uh, and it's important to note that uh, George mentioned that. and he's, Yeah, he's definitely been one to watch this year. I'm uh, one of the top performers at Menu, but as far as the uh, recent weeks, I think you guys kind of hit it on the hit it on the nail. They've been performing really well. I think they should might feel disappointed with the number of points they got out of the past game weeks. They are playing really well. I see a lot of similarities to the style of play that Ajax uh, saw. We saw years back with Ten Hag. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the passing, they're outpassing these teams. They're, they're passing with intent, breaking lines, and, and trying to make positive passes uh, and, and moving uh, into those spaces uh, when they try to break those lines. And it's a really fun menu to watch. And I'm really excited to hopefully they can continue this form and this style of play because it is really exciting, positive-looking football that we, we don't get to see quite a lot in the EPL. I see them kind of winning out the rest of the year until the World Cup break. Uh, and I it's going to be 
I see them being in the top four if they continue this way and continue to form that Ten Hog football identity. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. I'm clipping this. The, yeah. The way that they, uh, like you said, the way that they're breaking lines, it feels like they're not afraid. Like before, they were afraid to kind of try and make these passes, and they would just kind of go back and try to find a different way. I feel like Ten Hag is enforcing, like, hey, don't be afraid to make, uh, find these splits, find these players, and you know, once one or two of these splits work, and you start recognizing the chemistry of the people around you, you start having more confidence with it. And like we always said, confidence is everything. So you start playing with that confidence, and then you also have that confidence because just in case one of these balls moving forward and breaking these lines doesn't work, you have somebody like Casemiro, which I think is that enforcer that they were they were needing uh is right there so you're not afraid to do that and then you have great you know great defensive efforts with Maguire not in there anymore Dalla on the right side so I think and then Luke Shaw is actually playing pretty well too now that he's gotten that spot back um so I think that having that defensive security allows them to play a little more freely moving up top and uh that's United that they needed. Uh, giving Bruno Fernandes that freedom definitely helps because I think he needs to be the Bruno from two seasons ago because that Bruno was insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, United's becoming a team that's exciting to see uh, once again. So we'll, we'll see where they end up. I do think if they keep playing yeah, like they, that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go real quick. Yeah, they, they forced Chelsea to make a change in the 34th minute because they really got scared <laughs> when Manu was breaking those lines really easily. They took out Cucurella in the 34th. Yep, that. And that's, that, that's just something that style of play does. It, it just like knocks the wind out of you as a team, like a a team like breaking you so easily and they had to make a quick change and it's it's fun to watch for yeah. sure what were you gonna say georgie that uh varane picked up an injury in that chelsea game so he's he's out not for the rest of the season but i mean i think his status for the world cup is still in the air but he's definitely out in terms of united's what would you call this? The first quarter of the season, you know, all up, all the way up to the World Cup. Yeah, I'd say about first. Uh, so uh, maybe, oh you know, yeah, about first quarter, third? first third of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's out the next. I think there's three games left. Okay. Uh, so he's out. So, you know, you could easily, you know, see a tie because, you know, the partnership he has with Lisandro Martinez is, you know, is, is underrated to an extent. I'm not saying they're. They're world beaters, anything. I'm not saying this is Ferdinand and Vidic from hey, the glory days, but you know, you know, especially how they looked early on, they're you know starting to, you know, have a little bit of great chemistry going there. So we'll see with that injury. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think for United to really break in through like solidify top four or even for the title, we got to bring in a striker. I know. You know, we'll we'll talk about it soon about the Ronaldo thing, but at the end of the day, we need that natural number nine up top. Uh, what's his name? Um, Rashford. He's more of a winger. Not a, at least he's not a natural finisher. Against Spurs, there was a couple shots that he had, and I feel like he's just shooting to shoot, not necessarily like what a true number nine. You know, looking to place it or cool, calm, and collected. It looks like I'm just going to rip this shit and it's it's going to go in or whatnot. I feel like if he had that killer, you know, finishing inside the box, he'll have a lot more goals. But I think he's just shooting his shoot. Not Obviously, he's trying to place it to an extent, but I don't know. I think that's what separates, I guess, the real number nine is, you know, the chances you get up there sometimes is little. They'll convert. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, for sure. And we do see, I know that a lot, everyone that's listening to this is probably keeping up with the Ronaldo thing. So he is back in training. So like, like you were telling me earlier, George, they do need that. They do need the depth, especially if they want to, you know, compete this season and, and do well this season. So hopefully him and Ten Hag worked it out, but we'll talk about it more later. But anyways, I'm moving on to Tottenham. Uh, I know we're supposed to talk about Arsenal next, but I'm just going to move on to Tottenham real quick, just because we already covered um, the United one. But Tottenham, Everton, they completely dominated that one. It was 2-0. How did you see that uh, See that one, Chacon? How do you see Tottenham in general? How do you, you know, we talked about one of their fixtures already. Do you think they're going to come out of this somewhat of a slump that they're in? Um, or are they somewhat in trouble? How are you seeing it? I think they are somewhat in trouble from what I've seen these past game weeks. They are too reliant on their stars for production, Kane and Son specifically. It seems like they're really in need of a third person. They did have Kuluzewski. They tried to bring in Richarlison, but they just don't seem to be gelling well together. They really need someone to step up. And it seems teams have figured them out in a way, the way Conte likes to play. Newcastle were able to form a game plan that that worked for them. and. I want to say it was it was a back and forth game. Newcastle's goals were really the first one that Callum Wilson goal was really sketchy. <laughs> if it was another day, I'm sure it wouldn't be a goal with a different ref. But still, Newcastle was able to create a, a game plan. Man, you wait, demolished Spurs, and they need to make a change. I think their change needs to come. From the attacking perspective, I think their defense and midfield are solid enough, but they just are too reliant on Kane and Son, and they need to do something in the January window. It it could be, de- it could definitely be something as far as like um the whole United thing where Ten Hag is kind of like building this like, hey, don't be afraid to split the lines, try this, and you do have to have like a solid defensive structure, and I feel like. Tottenham doesn't have that. Even though they're a very defensive team, I don't really think they're very defensively sound. So they play as a defensive squad and then kind of hope to go on the counter because, I mean, their players are fucking wicked fast. You have, you know, Son, who can break these lines super quick, and then, you know, Harry Kane, who I think is a complete striker and can come in, tuck in, and distribute the passes to the people that are fast, where you still have Richarlison, Kulaveski, or Son, whoever it might be, they can go in quickly. But once they have um, the possession and you're more of a in-foot team against a smaller team against Everton it worked out properly but against other teams that can match you in the midfield or can match you for possession it doesn't seem to work because they're so reliant on the breaking that line and hoping for a team to press the shit out of them and then kind of countering them but if a team doesn't do that then it's kind of you know at a stalemate like you, you don't move it's stagnant and it's uh it's boring football first of all so the fans are gonna be pissed and secondly it, it isn't working I feel that they're gonna have to find something and man they have the we've talked about it they have the players to do so and they're just they're just not doing it so, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it is a tough one. How do you see him, Georgie? Hey, uh, hey, don't walk it back now. Remember, you and Walter were like, they don't have those pieces in the midfielder, in the they midfield, don't. too. They don't. But I think they do. I, they look, do. look, to be fair. They don't. I, if, we, if we had a podcast on Monday, well, last Monday, I was going to be here and stand up, give him a round of applause for that performance against Everton. They dominated like I thought they could you know it was a but it's everton i hey everton's a decent team decent not a good oh, team okay it's a decent still, and good are different okay but they're hey they got calvert lewin back i think they're gonna calvert lewin is one guy okay but that's sometimes that's all you are missing you're that guy up top uh but anyways anyways uh 
against United, they looked overmatched. And like Chacon said, it just, to me, or and I, honestly, I think th to everybody showed that their reliance on Kane and Son is if they can't get nothing shaken, that's it. Like, if you got them figured out, you basically already, quote-unquote, won the game. But I, I told you guys, I've never liked Conte. Uh, his style just leaves a lot to be desired. I think, if anything, it's one of those things where you tolerate it because, quote-unquote, is you know you're winning so you like i said you know while production is high toleration is also high but there's a reason i mean he got let go of chelsea i mean juventus i mean he's had players before and it's it's not just a problem with the type of players they have at spurs i just think it's just him it's just like fuck it i don't care like Mourinho, right at Mourinho, at certain teams he had talent but he always wanted to be so defensive against the big clubs and if we were, well, if Spurs is saying we're a top six club, then fucking show it. You look like a fucking bottom of the barrel. Honestly, to me, I'll just say it right now. I don't know how they're a fucking top six team. They haven't won shit, but whatever. <laughs> I, I, I know Javi, I know Javi's I, like, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, this might be a little rant, but I'm like, how can you say you're a top six team when the last time, hey, well, wasn't their, their last I guess league titles closer to World War II than it is currently. So I mean, I, <laughs> Jeez uh, Louise. I mean, like, I, and like I said, I guess they can say we finished in the top six, but I'm like, what does that matter? You know, if you're not winning, what are you really saying? Uh, but whatever. But I will say this. Uh, maybe this is bold, and maybe this is duh. I, I think we can all see it coming. I think you you said this earlier about Newcastle, Javi. The money, they got Saudi money, they got oil money. They, you know, and they're playing well. If they fuck around and make top four or players are just like, hey, we really like where this team is going, they got the money and that in, let's say, 10 years, Tottenham can easily be back to their middle-of-the-pack clubs because, let's be honest here, Tottenham doesn't have the money to compete with the other top six teams, well, the other top five teams to an extent. I mean, they've they've tried because uh, they brought in guys like Lamela, Soldado, like all these guys, you know, that they thought could help them take it to the next level, and they they haven't, they didn't produce. I mean, if you think about it, the day Son and Kane retire or they drop, who else do they have up top? Nobody. If you really think, let's say one of them goes down or both, worse. Like, what can you really say of them? Are we gonna? Are you really gonna? Put your hopes on fucking Richarlison and the other guy. I don't even want to butcher his name. What's his name? Kuluveski, whatever his name is. Kulu. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah, or, or Lucas Mora. Like, are you really banking your top four finishes on them? So, Honestly, uh, and yeah, to ahead. add to what, to add what to you're saying, and I think if they don't do something drastic to prove to these players to stay, I think they leave. I can see Harry Kane leaving. I can see Sun leaving, you know what I'm saying? And that that's basically the mold. That's what it's built around, and it isn't working. And these guys can go play for any Harry Kane at Chelsea would go crazy. Just saying that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Harry Kane. Or Man U. Or Man uh, U. Anywhere. 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 Yeah. Honestly. Harry Kane anywhere would go crazy. I think he's in the talks as far as like being a Holland and the so quote unquote complete forward Darwin Nunes or even Gabriel Jesus. Like I've I've rated Harry Kane right up there, even though Spurs is a shit team, and I don't like Spurs. If you're a Spurs fan, I'm sorry, but you're, you know, whatever. 
Kerry Kane is a top striker in the world. So I feel like he oh, can yeah. go anywhere. And I think he's going to come into that realization. I, yeah. A couple seasons back, I think he really wanted to leave. It just didn't work out. Uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I think he was ready to go. Yeah. Just, and I, I think it was either City or United. I mean, of course, you know, I, I, I guess you can say, oh, you're just talking up your ass. But I think they did say he wanted to leave. Well, he did want to leave. But, hey, he's shown that. I know we were talking about the complete striker. He's as close as it gets because uh, I think Mourinho's first season he put up like double digits of double digit assists, so he's got the all the quote quote unquote package there. As in, he could obviously put him in bunches and scoring, and obviously he has that that eagle eye, you know, to dish it out the assists. So, you know, I, I I'm sure my man's over there like fuck if I only played for one of these more offensively teams, like you said, Chelsea or whomever. But, yeah, he, hey. he'd make a killing. He'd make a killing for sure. I mean, he has 10 goals right now. Um, so, yeah, for sure, Harry Kane would make a killing. But, but talking about, we'll go into Newcastle real quick because Newcastle's been doing great as well. And then, you know, shout out to Miguel Miron because he's been going crazy. And it's actually crazy because there's some, there's some poetic justice with all this because I don't know if y'all remember when Jack Grealish said, yeah, I got to take Mars off the pitch because he's playing like Almiron. Do y'all remember that? I don't yeah, know if y'all watched it. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, and he's going insane. I mean... He had, at the time, he only had one goal in like 30 appearances, whatever. But now, you know, kind of molding into Premier League, seeing how the Premier League is, he's, he's doing great. I mean, he has five goals in his last five matches. And, you know, to Jack Grealish, he only has like four Premier League goals in the last 32 matches. So some poetic justice there for, for Almiron. And I think he's going crazy. And if you don't have him, you definitely should try to get him if he's available in the draft or even in the regular one. Um, he's... He's not that expensive. I know people have been picking him up, but he's still not that expensive for a Newcastle team that looks dangerous. Um, and man, they're ex- Newcastle's exciting to watch. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm a Newcastle fan. I know there's a lot of them out there, but Newcastle is definitely a team um, that you you really want to watch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how they, if they can keep up. I think I see him in the top six, and it'll be in the, while that money coming in, they definitely have a foundation to do something crazy. Um, how do you see him, Check. Do you think Newcastle will be in the future, let's say, in the next five years, Newcastle will be a top four team? New- I think what's going on over there is really cool. The coach is, is doing some wonder- like awesome things with the team. It seems like all of the players are playing as if they really believe something is going on over there. Just as we're watching and finding out that something's brewing over there. What's cool to see is that they did make some signings Gamara is, is is one of their most recent ones that's playing well, but like you mentioned, some of their key players that have been there the past two, three seasons, like Amaron, Longstaff, Burn, Shar, these players that have been there are playing even better than before. So if this coach can continue to to get the most out of his current players, and then with that new oil money they got, oil be able money. to lure some of these. <laughs> You know, big names, I could see something happening. Maybe they turn into the Newcastle we saw in Gold the Dream Begins. Who knows? Uh, Sign you, Santiago Munoz. Yeah. That's what they need. Uh-huh. That's what they need. They need Gavin a Mexican Harris. Boy. Gavin Harris. <laughs> they go go crazy. <laughs> uh, how do you see him, George? You think Newcastle in the next five years could be a top four team? Uh, I mean, if everything stays put, you know, the back end of the quote unquote old money, Saudi money. Then I mean, yeah, I mean they I mean of course, uh, you know, like those type of like monarchies, they don't ever like you know, that nobody ever really knows their how much their network is net worth is, but I mean they we're talking big 
bankroll money where the way like city the way they solve their problems is they just fucking throw money at it so i mean they got the the money apparently and if they can qualify for the champions league at some point then obviously that's we talked about in a previous episode about what the champions league league is and that's what attracts the top players right as in if you're not playing champions league it's kind of hard to take one of these top players from teams that are playing regular Champions League football. But um, I can see it, and, you know, it's definitely a sight to see because in the 2000s, that next tier, you know, below the top, at the time, top four, top five, was teams like Newcastle, Aston Villa, that would be giving you the business week in and week out, and then obviously they went through the stretch where they were getting relegated, promoted, relegated. So it's looking like they're solidifying their place again as that, you know, mainstay in the Premier League. But, you know, we'll see. But five years, I can see it. I mean, so who would you say is dropping? Like, uh, I think Chacon said, or, one of, or you said, Javi, I can't remember, that you can see them finishing top six this year. So who do you have dropping out of the, quote-unquote, top six teams? Tottenham. You know, Tottenham? Yep. I figured. Tottenham. Not, and not just because they're Tottenham and, and I hate them, but just like you said, they don't have that backing. They don't have that midfield. That's not working. I think they're. I think their big players are going to leave. I don't think. I don't see it happening. And look, as much as like whether you hate or you or you love the Saudi money coming into the Premier League, I know majority hate it because it changed everything up. But look what it's done for them. Like when Chelsea was by and got all this big money, boom! Look where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Man City. Let's be honest. You weren't shit. And the money came. Boom! Look where you're at. So Newcastle Preach. being, you know, a foundation or a historically important team in England for the league now that it has so many followers and it has all you know all these things that make just a a club a childhood club for a lot of people that your grandpa's grandpa went for or whatever uh, as far as english obviously my grandpa grandpa I don't know who the hell newcastle is but <laughs> for them over there and now you're getting this money now you're back in the race basically because if you don't have that saudi money then you kind of you're not in the race um, that's just, you know, that's just kind of how I feel. Or if you don't have the big bucks, let's say he's not off from Saudi Arabia, if you don't have the big bucks and you're kind of not in the race. And that kind of sucks that you're just kind of fighting for that top six or you're fighting to stay in the goddamn in, in the league and not go to the championship. But now that Newcastle has this backing. It, it is really exciting to see what they're going to do and what players come. And man, their judges are just so fire as well. You know, the black and white, I know that has nothing to do with it, but it'll be interesting to see. And I think, uh, I see him in the top four and if Tottenham doesn't get bought or something changes, they're the ones dropping. And like you said, George, yeah. I don't know why the fuck they ended in the first place. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but, but, move uh, go, uh, ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right before, right before, uh, uh, about Newcastle. Oh, shit, I lost my train. Oh, oh, I remember. <laughs> as in, you know, you, you were kind of hitting it there as, as in, I feel like, obviously, if they have this, like, city success, right, we'll obviously be like, oh, it's because of the old money, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're laying that foundation for the next generations. We're talking about our kids, our grandkids. That they didn't know, just like these youngins with City, they didn't know how much of fucking sorry asses they were pre-oil <laughs> money, right? All they know is titles. And that's, at the end of the day, let's be honest here. For a fan, obviously in England is different, right? But for a fan supporting from overseas, titles matter, right? You don't want to be going for the fucking, you don't want to be going for Wolves, right? Let's just say, you know, you want to be supporting a team that's, you know, got them rings and tings, right? So, rings and you know, tings. Rings and tings. So, at, at that, you know, 10, 15 years, if they're winning titles, 
hell yeah, our kids, our grandkids, whatever, uh, they're going to be like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm pulling for Newcastle. Why not? They got the titles. Why, why would I support, in this case, let's say, Tottenham, right? They're dropping. Like, I don't care what my dad said they used to be. Like, what I'm looking at now is shit, right? So, of course, I'm projecting, but you know what I mean. Same thing yeah. with PSG. Now they're a giant, apparently. But we knew what they were in the mid-2000s. I know they had Ronaldinho, but we knew what they were. Obviously, we knew we know what they are now because of the money, but it doesn't matter. These kids, they see titles, they see titles, so, hey, I'm going to support them. You know, shit like this. Yeah, and then with more money, obviously, comes with more marketing, and you're going to see them more and all this stuff. So I, yeah. I think that, that plays a big part. But, yeah, I mean, I don't hate City. I think they're a great team, but I just want them. I guess because we're older. I hate so if, we, if I see a 30-year-old guy that's around my age, I'm not 30, but I'm saying if I see a 30-year-old guy that's like, yeah, I'm a City fan, like, you're a bullshit-ass motherfucking City fan. Now, if you're a 15-year-old kid and you're a City fan, <laughs> I understand it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. That, like you said, George, this is a team you saw successful. You like the way they're playing. They have all these players, players that you enjoy watching or playing with FIFA. Then, of course, you're going to support the team. And I get that. So, yeah, the new generations that come up, I do see Newcastle being like the next city. Uh, you heard it here first. So we'll, we'll come back and check the tape maybe some some years down the line. And we're, maybe we're right. We'll, we'll see. But anyways, moving on. This could be a whole discussion on another episode. Um but yeah, Newcastle's doing doing really well. Moving to Arsenal, I'll keep it quick so all the people saying this is Arsenal news, whatever. But yeah, yeah, know this is the greatest team <laughs> on earth. But anyways, uh, they did win. Uh, they did win 1-0 against Leeds United in, in match week 11. That was a really tight game. I think Leeds honestly played way better than we did. We should have lost that game. And yes, I'm saying that Leeds 100% outplayed us. I think it's the first time. I think I told you, George, it's the first time I saw this season where we were honestly outplayed by a team and we really got lucky that game but hey you need a little bit of luck to stay top of the table so and that i mean that comes to the previous champions as well being city and liverpool you needed a little bit of luck some games and luckily we got luck this game and we ended up taking that one one zero we didn't play match week 12 we do have that postponed against city uh to be determined and um match week 13 um this one we this one was a little tough a little tight uh, came out with a tie against Southampton. I do think we we had it for the win. Southampton got a, you know, they got a goal on us. We didn't expect it. I think we were playing better than they were, and we just couldn't get that final goal. Like we say, you know, when you're a top team, kind of like United needed that goal against Chelsea. They fought for it. They ended up getting it really late. We just couldn't, we couldn't get it this time. Uh, Shaka's on fire, which is crazy. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I'd ever would have thought I would have said that. This man is going absolutely insane. I think the way that Mikel is having him play a little more free, a little more up top, not so much defensive duties. I mean, he still has to get back and help out, but being a little bit more free in the box. And I think even the players are shook because this is fucking shotgun. He's either going to get a red card or he's going to fucking play a horrible ball. But man, he's been sneaking in the box and scoring some great goals. Uh, it's really, really surprising to see. But that's my take on Arsenal, just so I don't get carried away. Uh, Chak, how do you see Arsenal? How do you see my boy Shaka? Do you think they stay top of the league all the way up to the World Cup, or do you think they drop? I think we, I think it was George that asked the question: Do they have the depth to be able to, you know, stay at the top of the table every time? Maybe stay, you know, top four. And I kind of want to ask, maybe ask a question for you because, as the fan, do you think? The footballing world may have got too excited about this Arsenal team, and that that you know the conservative deaths are really showing now with all of the fixtures they play. They play European football, um, but the amount of games they're playing and and the squad they have is there. 
it showing and do you think they'll be able to win out these next couple of weeks uh with what's going on i think I don't want to say because I feel like I jinx my team all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, Javi, real quick, real quick. If you're a top okay, club, ahead. if you're a top club, stop believing in that bullshit. Uh, jinx my team. If you're a top club, hey, you don't you don't know what jinxing is. Bad luck or whatever. <laughs> United, uh, hey, we're gonna win the league. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I, I I think we I think we leave into the the World Cup break with. I would say. We win out, and we might tie one here, looking at that Chelsea fixture. But other than that, I think we win out. And that's just, you know, I mean, we, 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 have, we have Brighton still as well. So, well, actually, no, that's after. So, I think... They che- could benefit from yeah, that's, the that, Yeah, that's after. That's, that's true. So, we still have Wolves. The Chelsea one is the only one that I think, that okay, we can come out with a tie on that one, being realistic. I think I'll be happy with it. I mean, the depth question always comes up. I think we've been proving people, like, that we can play. But then again... I think right now where we're at is where the injuries start happening. You know, that December break is where the injuries start happening because now you're fatigued. Now you've been playing your starting 11. Like you said, we do have European football. We have the Europa League, and it's turning out to be one of the toughest Euro- Europa Leagues in a minute because some really good teams are going to drop into there. Uh, Juventus just got eliminated, so <laughs> and we th- we're thinking Barca's probably going to get eliminated, so that would be another fucking team in there. So it's going to be really tough. So we are playing all these games, but I think what Mikel's doing, given the... I, I will say this. When I watch them play and, like, you sub out Odegaard for Fabio Vieira or you have, like, you know, Enketia instead of Gabriel, which are, these guys are good players. It's not the same gravy. You know, you get that, that great value gravy that, you know, if you, you live from a Hispanic household and you're trying to do Thanksgiving and they try to make, like, mashed potatoes and mac and cheese, it doesn't work out because we don't make it like the white and black people. That's just the truth. We don't know how to make that shit. You know, that's what I feel like we get. We get the great value gravy, but when we have the starting 11, we're different gravy. And, uh... Yeah, I think that the depth has showed that we don't have it, that we lack it. But hopefully Mikel Arteta can figure out a way to maneuver the, the players and put in here. I think defensively we've been pretty good because, I mean, you have... If you're benching Tierney, then that means that you have some good depth in the back. That's just, that's just how I feel. You're putting Tamiyasu out there, who's doing a great job, but Tierney, to me, is honestly a great fucking defender. So I'm okay in the back. As far as moving forward in the middle and up top, that's where we struggle a little bit because... Maybe we're struggling. Maybe we're depending a little bit too much on Saka and Martinelli, because then you have Marquinhos, or you can put in like, and then Odegaard comes out for you know Fabio Vieira, and then you know Enketia isn't kind of like what Gabriel is. And I know Gabriel hasn't scored a lot of goals, but I was telling George he creates that freedom for these wide players. He he works almost like a Firmino from the past two seasons, where he had he pulls back, allows these guys to get inside. That's why Saka scoring so much, and he's on fire now. And Martinelli was scoring so much. So I think. Like I was telling George, Gabriel is a more complete forward or a com- more complete player than Darwin Nunes. And yes, I said that. He creates yes. more and allows more for the players around him. Now, I'm not saying he's a target man. He's not a Harry Kane and he's not a Haaland. Those are different. These are different strikers. Or even a Mitrovic. He's not that kind of forward. But he allow- he's the missing piece that we needed up top to allow for our youngins that are out wide to go out there and, uh, and score this. And God damn it, I said I wasn't going to go on a rant about Arsenal, but I just did. But hopefully I answered your question, Jack. Um, how about you? Do you think they stay up there? I think they will benefit from the break. I, I know a lot of their players are not going to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Or they might not, um, some of the key players. And I think they will benefit. And if they do win out th- until the World Cup break and they are well-rested, take care of themselves. I really think we could, the, the, the race is on shift. 
the race, yeah, the is, race is on. The attitude we, will shift. If we went on, when, if we if we went out, maybe with that one tie and we get rested, you think we? You think officially? You honestly have to say, as not a fan as Arsenal, but just as a fan of football and a fan of Premier League, do you think Arsenal is in the title race? I could see them in the title race. Okay. What about yeah, you, Georgie? Definitely. What about yeah? What about you, Georgie? Hey. After United, after they play United in January, I'll 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 let you know. No, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, if we're saying, I know they got Nottingham Forest coming up, so that should be a a dub. That's what we thought uh, against Liverpool. But okay, but well, I mean, you you guys are at home, um, okay. so, but like you said, obviously that that Chelsea game would be key, just like it was for United to see where you're at, um. Because Arsenal, you know, you guys won those two against the top six teams, convincingly, Liverpool and Spurs. So, but once you get away from your home ground, let's see what you're all about, right? Against the top six teams. Obviously, against United, it didn't work out, but maybe against Chelsea, it does. But I got them losing to Chelsea. So, even if they win out these next two, that's not a hater. That's being honest. Um, Hater. I mean, obviously, I expect them to beat Wolves. Uh, but even then, if they lo- if they do lose, hell, even if they tie to Chelsea, they're still gonna be second place because City's got it has them on goal difference. So they'll be at worst case, Javi. I think you guys would be tied with City. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think you're well, right. Best I think case, I, I guess. I guess I think, best case. Yeah, I think I was looking at that. You're right. I think we'd have to win out. Like we can't. We can't even tie. Yeah. 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 You're right. And it's and it's one of those things. Uh, like I well, I I guess you guys were talking about the depth, and I'm not gonna get into the whole depth thing. But how about in this case? Do you think now? Well, I mean, let me finish, and then we'll keep going. But uh, do you think now? Since I mean, like you said, defensively, you know, you got like you said Tomiyasu coming in, Tierney every now and then, but everywhere else going forward, it's to solidify. You know who's the starting. What would that be? Six going from midfield going up. You know who those six are. Unless there's an injury, which there hasn't been. You know who those... I can close my eyes and tell you, right? It's going to be Partey, Chaka, Udegaard, and then the, the three boys up top. That's a given. But maybe over the break, or maybe even now, teams are starting to see, okay, how can we get these guys? How can we put our own guys in better positions to defend them or to exploit their weaknesses? Because there's not... Uh, well... That's what you think. But obviously, <laughs> with these, some of these results, obviously, I guess we can all agree that you can't keep going at this pace for the long run. Oh, I, I know in your eyes, you would want to. But, I mean, I think everybody else's eyes were like, okay, where does Arsenal start to kind of pump the brakes a little bit? Uh, is it now? I mean, I think it's starting to head that way. But the World Cup does help. Like uh, you guys are saying, some of these guys, I know like Udegaard's not going, this Norway's not in it. And then I'm sure Saka is going and but everybody else, I mean, I would assume Martinelli and Gabriel, but I I, I guess you never know. Uh, Tough Brazil squad to get into. Right, yep. exactly. So I guess you can say, yeah, they they can benefit from a little month break. So it could be one of those things that you get that month off and you just get back, you know, to your old ways. But it could also, you can look at it another way where all these teams that you're going to play are like, okay, how can we stop these motherfuckers up top? Okay, let's do this, let's do that. Since we know Martinelli, Saka, and Gabriel, we know they're not going to deviate from that. How can we stop them? Let's figure it out. 
And even and it's one of those things is it's not even about beating y'all. It's about getting that tie where at the end of the season you're like, fuck, if we would have how the hell did we tie against Leicester City? Right? We should have beaten these guys and now we're not winning the title. I don't think you guys would drop out of top four, but let's just hypothetically say it's kinda like, it's kinda like the Southampton game, is that what you're saying? Well, we could have yeah, won the game well, easily, but we tied them on one. Yeah, or you know, of course, projecting forward, you know, is one of those things that obviously that's why they pay Arteta money to figure out a way to put your guys in better places, but it could definitely turn into a chess match there, especially with Chelsea. You know, Potter wasn't afraid to take out their one of their guys in minute 30, and it helped them out. It, would Arsenal do that? Would you take out Partey? Would you take out whomever? And like you said, put in one of these great value players in? Or do you just write it out and say, oh, I hope these motherfuckers figure it out? You know, it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to say that they're great value players. Like you said, we have a solidified starting 11 going forward just because I feel like they've earned their spot. But that it also adds like of, it adds a little bit of surprise or, or, or of mystery because we haven't seen these other young players who are obviously in a great Arsenal squad training with these people under, I think, a great coach. So there might be some tricks up of Arteta's sleeve when it comes down to it. Um, I know they have that young kid Marquinhos. I think he's going to be an awesome player, but obviously, you know, you have Saka or Martinelli in whatever position you want to play him in who hasn't just, he hasn't caught that rhythm, hasn't had the playing time. So it, it will be interesting to see, or they could be ass. We don't know. I mean, it could, it could be one way or the other, um, but okay, hopefully. But, oh, real quick, real quick. To be fair, uh, we talked with Spurs about if they lose Kane and if they lose Son, what happens if, you know, because Jesus is proven to get injured at some point. I'm not just hating it. That's facts. Mm-hmm. What if him and Martinelli, let's say, are out for a month, three weeks? Uh, are we are we saying like Spurs? There's a little drop off there. Well, maybe no, even a major drop off. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare Spurs and Arsenal just because well, uh, Spurs is like one team with two superstars. I think Arsenal is a solidified unit all, all in all. Because if you look at it, Saka was buns the first five weeks. He wasn't buns, but he just wasn't shining like he was. Martinelli was, and I kept saying like. When Martinelli kind of turns off, Saka's going to turn up because it's it's more of a team, like an actual team, like all 11 being a unit that Arteta's been building. That's why we struggled so much. That's why Spurs are struggling because they're only trying to, de- you know, depending on these star players to get them these goals. Where Arsenal's build-up play, if you've been watching him, comes from the back, comes from a build-up all the way together. It isn't just like, give the ball to Saka, let him do the work, or give the ball to Gabriel, or give the ball to Martinelli. It, it, it's not that way. It comes through the middle. It comes through the whole team. It's been a build-up play throughout the back where it's different to Spurs. It's not the same. Would you agree with me, Chuck? I, I, I'd like to think that you can't really... Sometimes you can't game plan. This is not like the NFL where you can create plays for these certain players. It, it, some of those players, as we saw Martinelli, on his day, he's unplayable. He can take on anybody. You can't game plan for that. So if they stay healthy, they take care of themselves and they don't get injured I don't think you can get, you can like plan for that you can try to but as we've seen they can do it they're capable of winning against big teams uh, big defenses so I don't think that that is an issue I mean that answers your question. real yeah. quick real quick I mean like sometimes you just can't you can't they're unplayable some of those guys yeah. and they have more than just one like two people for example Spurs have Kane and Son, but Arsenal has a crazy, um, I would say, top four, like Odegaard, uh, Jesus, Martinelli, Saka. They can all be unplayable on their day. We've seen it. 
we haven't seen anything like that from some of Spurs like complementary players. Even Man U, some of their complementary players, we haven't really seen them be on. But Arsenal has something, and that's where that's why we've been asking the depth question a lot. But as far as them being shut down, I don't really see it happening if they're healthy and on on it. I love that you said that. That's why the depth question keeps coming up, and I feel like it's the only question because. If you keep these same guys, I feel like, like you said, if they're on, they're on their game, they're very, they can play anybody. So I love that I you mean, actually you pointed that out. The, the only question that keeps arising is, do they have the depth? Because if these, one of these guys goes out, I agree, we might be in some shit. But if one of these guys don't go out, then I feel like we're up there and we can match anybody. And for the record, I do apologize making this whole Arsenal thing so long because I did say I'm not going to go super into depth. And I tried <laughs> it and we proceeded to go hella into depth because of George. But anyways, no, we're going to no, move no, no, on no. from Arsenal. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to Chelsea. Uh, game week 11. Well, anyways, actually, I'll let you have it, uh, Chuck. Chelsea, Aston Villa 2-0. Was that Stevie G's last game or was it the one after that? The one after that. Sorry. The f- oh, yeah, the Fulham loss, 3-0. Um, but anyways, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea 2-0, Aston Villa. And then they ended up playing uh, Brentford. Um, how, how do you see Chelsea? Do you think... Do you think they're a top four team out there catching rhythm? Uh, Potter's doing a great job. How do you see him check? I think they're still figuring themselves out under Potter. Everyone's fighting for their spots. He keeps trying new formations, rotating people. I think they've been benefiting from that because it makes them a little more unpredictable. But it is really early to tell because they haven't really found their identity. I really don't see an identity. I almost see like a new Chelsea all the time. These past couple games, yep. but it's fun to watch. Yeah, you don't They're know what you're gonna see. Out. Yeah, they have some good matchups coming up, like the Arsenal matchup. I think it's really early to tell. We've seen Chelsea go through managers before, and they have a good run, and then they fall off. So it's gonna be interesting to watch how they fit under Potter. Could be Potter, like could Potter be the long term solution? We don't know yet. They hope they hope it is. We'll see. Maybe they fall off in the EPL and they do really well in the Champions League like they usually do. But I really have no idea if they're going to be in the top four or in mid, mid-table. I'm not sure yet. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you hit on a lot of the points that I was thinking about. Chelsea's that, of the top six, honestly, they're that team that, like, you don't know what to think of them. You're like, so are they... Are they actually a top four? Are they competing for the title? Where do you see them? And I mean, I think they'll be in the top four, but yeah, that coaching switch, or just in general, even before that, it was just like every game you're like, okay, they look good. And then you see another game, you're like, oh no, they, they're not looking as tough as I thought, you know, watching them last week. But I think Potter showed something in that United game of his IQ to play a chess game. Like I said, he put in he it takes balls to take off a player minute 30, 35 and admit your the way you started was wrong. You know, some some uh coaches are like, uh, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it work. Um but no, he was like, fuck it, we're losing the midfield, let's put in another guy. And it evened out the playing field quick. As soon as Kovac Kovacic came in, it was definitely definitely a different ball game and it goes to show you that he's not all just Let's go score, 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 score. There's going to be games where, maybe against Arsenal, where it's going to be tight. Okay, what can I do to get the upper hand here? Okay, let me put this guy in. Let me move this guy out here or whatever. 
So it's still a revolving door and if what to think of them or to get a really good grasp. But I feel like they'll finish top four because, I mean, Spurs, I think they'll struggle. Liverpool, obviously, is kind of, you know, this quote-unquote sleeping line. When will they wake up, right? Uh, maybe they're hibernating till next year. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a good way and to obviously, put it. <laughs> right uh and then you got united just kind of you know obviously they're, they're picking up steam here but you can say earlier in the season you know we'll get blown out and you're like oh maybe they won't be that next team but chelsea just kind of been steering ship right right there just kind of like hey fucking fucking around and winning games that maybe after the world cup potter's like hey he bruised the magic potion right and he's like <laughs> Here we fucking go, guys. And they're, like, right there, too. It's not like they're 15 points behind. They're, like, no, I think six, it's like six, seven points. Yeah, from United being in sixth place, it's with 20 points and Arsenal in 28. So it's only eight points that separate the top six teams. Uh, after yeah, that, so. it's Fulham. So, yeah, I mean, it's super close. Two wins and, like, two yeah. losses from City or Arsenal or whatever it might be uh, definitely switches up the whole league and we'll be talking about different top, you know, teams or whatever. Uh, yeah, Chelsea's definitely a, a sneaky, sneaky one in there with whatever the hell Potter's doing. Kind of like you said. Like even if they try to get a game plan, like I know Pep Guardiola and I know Arteta because, you know, we watched uh, All or Nothing on, on Amazon. If you haven't watched that, definitely recommend watching All or Nothing, Man City, All or Nothing, Arsenal. Um, yeah, definitely recommend watching that on Amazon Prime. But anyways, have you seen these guys? They plan out for these teams, kind of like what you were saying, George. How do you plan to um, kind of basically nerf uh, these players or their game plan? And Chelsea, you can't even do that because he's been switching up so much, and I think you guys said it. So you try to line up with one thing, and then it switches up. And back to what Potter... Like, I haven't seen nobody do that in a minute where Potter's like, oh, shit, you know what? I am wrong and pulled out Cucurella. Um, So, yeah. I mean, it's exciting to see. I think they're going to be right up there. And I think their toughest next fixture would probably be the Arsenal one. I mean, they're undefeated in their last five. I think three wins and two draws. And, I mean, and yeah. they played United. We'll yeah, see. obviously... I will say they got some things to figure out and I'm sure it's because of the transition of the new coach, but uh, yeah, once they figure it out, I mean, obviously I feel like they do need a, a guy here or there in the midfield. Uh, Loftus-Cheek, is that his name? Yeah, uh, Loftus-Cheek. He doesn't really wow me. I mean, I could get all the hate there, but he doesn't wow me. Jorginho could be better, but if Mason Mount is on his game and obviously uh Abuma Yang and all those other guys, if they're on their game, Raheem Sterling, they're deadly. So, you know, let's not sleep on those guys. Those guys, I mean, they're that one team, right? We all talk about everybody else for better or for worse. And Chelsea's just kinda like, all right, we just gonna be chilling here, getting yeah. these dubs. Kinda kinda in the background and getting these yeah. dubs, getting these results for sure. And 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 honestly, since let's say since Abramovich bought the team in the early two thousands. They've been that team steady, always steady, right? They they don't ever fall off off cliff, and obviously they do win, but they're always steady, steady ship, steady ship, like top five ish in that era. They don't ever go through big, big, big uh, turmoil, I guess you can say. But I guess we'll see. Hey, let's not sleep on them boys. If not, uh, the end of the end of the year, we're like, how did fucking Chelsea win the league? Uh, <laughs> That's true, but. But we'll see. It'll be sneaky. Anyways, moving on to uh, probably the next big team that we, uh, well, I don't even know we should call them that anymore. Uh, the hibernating line, I guess you would say, Liverpool. 
We did talk about them beating and shocking a lot of people when they beat uh, City 1-0. They did have a win against West Ham, which I thought was pretty dominant. They had 22 shots on target. I mean, 22 shots and like seven on target. So I, they definitely could have won this game by like 2-3-0. It was only a 1-0 game, but coming off of that win from City seemed like they took, you know, the steam in their... Uh, Whatever they had going as far as like, you know, the train that they got going, they used it. They got this result against West Ham and they kept moving forward. Still not. We weren't sure. You know, like I said, that sleeping line, Liverpool's going to wake up. Turns out these motherfuckers are not going to wake up because then they ended up losing to Nottingham Forest, who, by the way, is in last fucking place. And I think that was their first win or it might have been their second win. That was their second win. Their second win. And it came to Liverpool. Um, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. We had a special guest on here to try to talk us in the right direction, but he was completely wrong. Liverpool shit. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, will they bounce back? I hope they do. I mean, they're not that far behind. I mean, they have 16 points. They're in eighth place currently. And like we said, it's still kind of like in that point of the season where like a loss here and a win here or whatever it might be, uh, can see them pull up to like top five top six so i don't think they're that far off but just losing to not enforce i think is unacceptable for a team of their caliber especially coming off of a great win to man city and then an, a you know a good win a good performance against west ham i don't know what to make of them how do, how do you see them george do you like what's going on with them do you do they have a fix do they have a solution are you counting them out of the top four altogether would you put would you place money would you place a bet right now in las vegas and say liverpool doesn't make top four uh, not a lot of money, but I'll I'll play some money. I'll I'll go out on that. I'll go out on that limb. Uh, okay. But I mean, yeah, you're right. They're like they're just hanging on there, and you know, within range of that top four spot. Obviously, like you said, a couple wins here, or there, boom, they're in the top four. But it's just those inconsistencies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and to be honest, a lot of just things not going their way against not in forest. They couldn't buy a goal like there was a hey dean henderson had a game uh man of the match if he wasn't uh for sure he had a an aspiring performance and they just couldn't score like van dyke had like two especially one late <laughs> in the second half where he uh, i mean obviously he's not a finisher but he's a he's, he's good in the air but he couldn't score and these i don't know it's one of those things that may like i said obviously when they beat city Right, uh, they put in a different lineup, and I think they try to replicate that same lineup against Nottingham Forest. And like I said, just because they work one week doesn't necessarily mean it'll work the other. And while I, while they did dominate per se the the possession, I mean, Nottingham Forest had ten shots to to Liverpool's fifteen. So I mean, it was kind of close. And in the second half, they played a lot of that counter that Liverpool was playing against City. So uh, obviously, a team like Nottingham Forest got to do that because they can't play them straight up. But yeah, it's one of those things, like kind of the opposite of Chelsea, where you're like, you see them beat uh City, and then you see them beat West Ham. You're like, here they go, the sleeping giants finally awaken. And fucking Nottingham Forest said, nobody, get your ass back to hibernating. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of the Premier League. I know that we've been yeah. wrong a lot as far as like our predictions and people we tell you to pick up or if this person's injured, but like that's the beauty of the Premier League. Who, if I would have put money on it, I put a hundred dollars that Liverpool's gonna be Nottingham Forest and they fucking lost. Good thing I, I don't bet. Good thing 
betting is illegal in my state because I know I'd lose a lot of goddamn money if I did that mm. shit, especially these past seasons. But that's the beauty of Premier League. Hey, hey the, they got EPL'd. That's they what got, they did. They got EP, exactly. They got EPL'd. In reference, uh, for some of you guys who just support me or support uh, this podcast and don't watch that much, Nottingham Forest is in 20th place. Liverpool is a champion from two seasons ago. And I think second place last season. So they're right up there. One of the best teams in the Premier League. Obviously not this season. It was like, it was definitely a David and Goliath type of scenario. And then their defense though, the goal that Nottingham Forest scored was like super lucky. I think it hit off the post and he tapped it in. And like everybody just slept. But hey, you, you, this is the Premier League. You got to be, you got to be ready to defend those and you got to be ready to tap those in. So a credit to Nottingham Forest to getting it and defending the shit out of yeah. whatever they had to defend. Definitely Liverpool feel. Hey, How do you- hey, real, real quick before we go to check. Uh-huh. Just for the people that don't, you know, don't know about the Premier League, Liverpool is that nagging little brother of Manchester United. Okay, that's all you <laughs> got to know about that, right? They're that nagging little brother that just because they they win every now and then, but hey, all you got to remember is United is the big brother to the all the nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> all right Chuck. how do you see him bro if you were in las vegas and they said hey 500 hundred dollar bet does liverpool make top four you placing that bet so first for anybody that you know still with us and listening and scratching their head lions do not hibernate <laughs> just if, if you guys are driving if you yeah, guys are driving yeah. right yeah, now you ain't gotta do it like that check you if you guys are driving like right that. now I'm like bro I swear that, but no they do not hibernate hey they've been tranquilized okay <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't I personally I mean like I, I've been saying recent weeks I'm a neutral I, I don't have much to say I don't understand why we are giving Liverpool a segment you know, on here. They just lost to the last place team. I love it. They haven't shown anything enjoyable to watch. If someone was just getting into football, I'm not going to tell them to watch Liverpool right now. They're, they're, they're struggling to find anything from players who are just tired. And, and within reason, you know, they they're, have some great players with some great seasons but it looks like it's on the tail end of things. They might be going through a transitional period. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but I would not put any money on that bet. <laughs> I would put zero on that bet. I do not see them in the top four. I see them maybe pushing for a, an Europa League spot, but I wouldn't put that bet on. And I'll definitely be watching, continuing to watch to see if, they show glimpses of years past, but I'm not. I'm not a betting man, and I'm not betting on people for sure. Reach. Yeah, I mean, the reason we give them a segment is just because we thought they were going to be the team to be right up there with City, uh, chasing them like they were in previous seasons. But unfortunately, something's not working out. And I mean, you know, they're one of the big teams. Like it or not, they are one of the big teams. But I agree, they haven't given us enough to actually even give them a long enough segment. So if they're not producing next week, then we might have to cut this Liverpool thing short. Yeah. And I might have to delete the hey, episode with Wally hey, in it. Hey, hey, real quick, real quick. Since <laughs> we're with Walter, since you brought it up somewhat. Hey, uh, how about that complete player, Nunez? Lord hey, have mercy. Hey, uh, I will say this. You know, I'm fair to give any new player to the Premier League a year to quote-unquote adapt. But, hey, it won't be long. So I'm going to start calling this motherfucker Andy Carroll 2.0. Uh, <laughs> because, hey... I, for the real Liverpool fans, they know 
how Andy Carroll was when he was at, at uh, Liverpool. He was shit. Just like the club, shit. Uh, but uh, jeez, Louise. I'll I'll give him I'll give him his year. And uh, come on, you look at Darwin Nunez. Pull up a photo of Andy Carroll. Hey, obviously, you know little differences, but hey, they both had the ponytail. It's it's hard not to go there, but I'll give him a year just to be fair. But the Holland thing is over. Uh, there's no George is there. angry today. Sheesh. George came out here unloading clips. Anyways, uh, I will I will mention just one more thing. Uh, Crystal Palace, you know, we did think they were pretty good, and they just have not been in good form. I think that, you know, Zaha and Eze are still good pickups, but obviously they haven't been doing that well. I also want to mention Leicester uh, because I think that I was telling George check that I think Leicester scored the goal of the season, and I'm calling it right now. Tealsman's goal um, this past uh, match week 13 was insane. Top, I don't know if you saw it, top yep. fucking bins. Like, top bins, folly, outside the box. It was so beautiful, and I can't wait to see him in Arsenal's colors. So, uh, Hey, real quick, real quick, before we move on. Hey, remember you boys, hey, maybe you guys did him a favor. As soon as y'all jumped off that bus, they've been three three out of the last five. That's what we did. So I need to clear that up. I need to clear yeah. that up. We hey, did it on purpose. You saw it coming, right? Saw we it saw coming. that coming. And you know, I'm like, I told Chak, I'm like, if we, if we say they're going to be bad, that's what we're going to leave it as. But no, Lord have mercy. I'm calling it now. That's going to be my pick. I know that the season is not over, but it's going to at least be top three. And the top three debates as far as goals of the season, it was like a free kick, grabbed it. Oh, my God, just top 90. It was so sexy. And uh, he's going to be in Arsenal <laughs> Colors come uh, this transfer winter in January. You'll see. But uh, looking at the table, after match week 13, Arsenal first with 28 points, uh, Man City with 26, and we got Tottenham, Newcastle, Chelsea, Man United, Fulham in 7th, Liverpool 8th, Brighton, West Ham, Brentford, Everton, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, which, by the way, sacked Stevie G. They do have a new coach, and it's so crazy because they had been playing like shit in their first game without Stevie G. They ended up winning. That sucks ass, mm -hmm. but whatever. They ended up winning that one. Uh, Southampton 16th, Leicester 17th, Leeds United, Wolverhampton, and Nottingham Forest in last place. Uh, that's how it is right now during Mac after match week 13 so we'll see these upcoming fixtures we should have an episode out thursday night to talk about that uh now moving on to well i know a lot of you guys if you're still with us talked about the ronaldo thing georgie elaborate what happened with ronaldo please okay hey it was a rather cold wednesday night in ink night's playing uh <laughs> so the gist right just to kind of sum it up uh ronaldo apparently left the pitch and then said, fuck you, I'm leaving. Got in his car and left. He didn't say that, that shit. That, at, he didn't no, say that. No, but you know, that's, that, at first, that's how it came out. It, that's how it looked, right? As in, like, he just stormed off. But, and then later, reports came out that said he was going to get subbed in. He was like, nah, I'm not coming in. And then, obviously, his little attitude burst uh, caused him to be left out of the squad for Chelsea. And, honestly, we could have used him there at that, as that spark coming off the bench. And look, I want to be clear, crystal clear, abundantly clear. He's my GOAT, always be my GOAT. But two things could be true. He could be my GOAT, and also I can say that what he did was, was stupid. Especially at a club like Manchester United, where he knows the standard. Like, we let, like I said earlier, imagine, we let this man go in his prime. I guess you can say he forced his way to whatever. But we could have gotten on our knees and said, no, stay, stay. So imagine now... The performances have the the performances have dropped a little bit. Well, a lot if you're a hater. Uh, and he's at that. I I get it. 
that, you know, he still sees himself as that guy. I get it. I understand. But as being the most popular, you know, I mean, look at the Instagram followers or whatever. He's the one of the, you know, he's the most followed guy on Instagram, whatever. He's anything he does, he takes a piss in the wrong place. He's, everybody knows about it. You know, he should have that awareness. Like, hey, I can't do this. Imagine the type of example, because he's the leader. He's the he's the older statesman. What he's showing to these young guys. Let's say Rashford. I know I know he's not young, but let's just say guys like him, Anthony. They're like, look, this guy's fucking storming off. Like, oh, I'm gonna fucking do that. And hey, if I could stand up and give a hand of applause to Ten Hagen, ETH. Hey, I don't know acronyms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the new one. Hey, right, uh, ETH. Hey, that one's right. Uh, he he had balls of steel and said, hey, it really showing, you can say players are starting to buy in because you're like, I'm sure behind closed doors, some of these guys are telling themselves, he did that to this guy, the guy. You know, some teams, they're like, I don't give a fuck. I, anything certain player does, I got to keep him because he's my guy. But it, Ten Hagen's like, nah, big dog. Hey, this is unacceptable. And this is second time. That's the worst thing. First time, whatever. Second time is you gotta make an example out of especially your big players. And he did. And I feel like some of United's success is some of these players are buying in because he's not a hypocrite. He's not saying, oh, you know, he's letting Ronaldo, you know, slide by because he's Ronaldo. But nah, he's holding everybody accountable. And I love it. And Ronaldo, hey, big dog. I know you want to. I know you want to leave, but hey, you can't go out like this in United. You know, hey, we love you, but nobody's bigger than the club. And I'm sure how you could say that about Arsenal when Aubameyang was going through his his stuff and Chad Barcelona, same thing. You know, to an extent, nobody's bigger than the club. So, like I said, I love him, but he was wrong here. I don't yeah. know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Nobody is bigger than the club. But I will, to play devil's advocate and defend Ronaldo a little bit, like, you, I think you said it. Like, he could take a piss in the wrong place, and it's all over the news. It's countless times throughout the season that other players do it. But does anybody make noise about it? No. Because they don't have, like you said, they don't have that light like Ronaldo does. He's fucking human. He's, at one point, he has five Ballon d'Ors. He's played at the highest thing. He's played Champions League. He's back-to-back as one. Has countless records. So imagine how frustrated he is on the bench for, you know, that shit to happen. I get it. No excuse to do what you did. But at the same time, somewhat of an excuse, your emotions beat you. Like, what is he supposed to do? Cry there? Like, I'm sure he feels that way. Like, being at the top of the throne that he was at one point uh, throughout his career. I know, you know, Ronaldo Messi for years and years and years. We're never going to see that shit again. So imagine the feelings that he's feeling. He's human. He walked off. He's upset. This is your emotions. Uh, he did release something that said, um, quote unquote, as I've always done throughout my career, I try to live and play respectfully towards my colleagues, my adversaries, and my coaches. That hasn't changed. I haven't changed. I'm the same person and the same professional that I've been for 20 years playing elite football. I respect and has always played a very important role in my decision and making process. Now, it did get the better of him. And I think uh, that's. Uh, I think it is excusable because of what he's going through, the, the, the emotions and everything. And I think Ten Hagen uh, did the right thing. I think like, hey, you fucked up. Ronaldo took the punishment. He was set on the bench. And I think... And I, the reason I think that Ronaldo probably went up and they probably had a private conversation, because a lot of conversations don't come out, is because he's back on the squad. He's back in training because, like you said, he is a leader. He is a role model to these people. And I'm sure that even they understand it because young players like Rashford has gone through the whole 
you know, thing with England and he's being bashed on a lot because he's a, you know, black English player and, you know, racism is a real thing. So I think that they understand it. They might understand his frustrations to why he did that. And they, and I'm sure them being professionals also know like, Hey, that's, that is wrong. He did get in trouble for it. Ten Hagen gave him the punishment. He accepted his punishment. Now he's back in training. So I think hopefully it resolves a lot better than the Abumiang thing because obviously we all know how that one turned out. And even the Meza Ozil thing because that we all know how that one turned out. So I applaud Ten Hagen for doing what he did. But at the same time, like, calm the fuck down. You know, I get it. It's Ronaldo. But if it was anybody else, maybe, you know, besides Messi, then it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Jack, do you hey, back uh, me on that? Hey, do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, quick question. And 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 Jack can answer. Okay. Okay, it's not that this is his first time. He did that during the preseason against Rayo Baikan, and he left at halftime. Hey, at some point, you got to drop the hammer. He left at halftime because he got an okay from the coach, by the way. A lot of people uh, don't know that. No, that is true. That's true. That's the media, what, hey, the, no, the media made it portrayed. Otherwise, Ten Hagen would have done it there. Otherwise, he's inconsistent no, with his man. coaching methods. They had a talk. He now. let him go, and he wasn't the only one to leave. It was more players that left at that time. Not just Ronaldo, and the, the, a lot of more people left. The media only gave Ronaldo because it's the only person they care about. That's why he didn't get his ass sat that time. Because I feel like Ten Hagen is a real ballsy guy, and he would have sat his ass if it was that case. But it wasn't that scenario. The media just made it seem that way. This one was different, and he got his punishment. Go ahead, check. Yeah, I think you mentioned a lot of the really important thing, especially the human emotion side of things. From, and from my perspective, I say allow it, you know. There's a lot of things that play. <laughs> Allow it. There's a lot of things going on in Ronaldo's career right now. And I feel from what we've seen, Ten Hag and Man U have cheered him pretty poorly. I remember listening to and reading some articles about how Ronaldo is, will be a key piece. And, and look what's happening. Barely playing, leading up to last World Cup. He has so much on his mind. He's... I know we say no player is bigger than the club, but he's pretty big. And he's <laughs> not bigger than the club, Jack. He might no, not be not bigger, bigger than the club, club but he's pretty but he's fucking pretty big. big. And <laughs> these emotions, everything that's going on, I understand where I can understand maybe where he's coming from. And I think the world should as well and not be so hard on the situation. I mean, the world's always going to be hard on players, of, you know, of that level. Well, I mean, I won't say of players because it's only like a handful of players that you can even say those players. Um, I do think he did feel bad, though. That's why he set out the, the statement. At the end of the statement, he did say giving into the pressure is not an option and never was. Uh, this is Manchester United and United we must stand. So I'm sure that he hey, realizes hey. that he fucked up and kind of let it out there. And what I really love about this scenario uh, and, and, you know, putting in a reference with the last one that kind of happened with a somewhat big player, Aboumiang, uh, is that obviously he's back in training, so they must have had a discussion where the Aboumiang and Arteta one was just not happening. And we saw what Aboumiang said when he got to Barcelona. So Ronaldo being yeah. the professional that he is and saying what he said, it kind of shows like, hey, you know what? I did fuck up. Now, I'm not excusing him. I'm just saying it's a human emotion. And for you to be where you're at, like that's something else. Like We're excusing yeah. Messi's horrible season at PSG, so we got to excuse Ronaldo walking off. So, oh, no, I mean... I, I think you you gotta hold it both the same. It's like you can't you can't tolerate something in a win you wouldn't in a loss. If that makes sense, I mean this was a key performance by United that got completely overshadowed by Ronaldo walking away. 
That's the media's fault, not his fault. Oh, no, 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 no. But at the end of the day, he should have that awareness. I mean, especially a guy like him. He has the awareness, like George. Him. It's emotions. No, it's emotions. Oh, I, I, don't I, ha- I have I don't awareness care. that if I spit in the ref's face, I'm going to get a red card. But guess what? Sometimes you got to get in his face and tell me he's no, fucking ass. No. That's just it the truth. It happens. We all so make mistakes. Me. George, hey, we all make mistakes. I don't care. What, I've seen you. I played with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I've screamed at you. Time. It's all emotions part of the game. This is what happens. Now, I get it. it. I'm sure it's in the back of his head saying like, hey, if I do this, this is wrong. But he's still in a fucking emotional state. And we realize that it's wrong. We already talked about it. He already said it. Now, if he does I mean, this shit again, it'll be a different conversation. But he's obviously it just, realizing it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said nothing on his Instagram post. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been. Let's deal. be honest. The fact that it, it was, was a bigger deal than the whole. Let's be honest. Than the United thing and winning and having a great performance. Sorry, that's just the caliber of player you had. And like Chuck said, if he wasn't in the fucking plans, you should have let him go. I know he wanted to go. But no, giving him oh, like, okay, hey, he's part of our plans thing. and stuff. Okay, you know what? Ronaldo okay. has all the okay to go. They never said that. Hey, they just hey, kept saying hey, Ronaldo's hey, a key. Hey, hey, oh, let me let me speak my mind. Let me speak my mind. Okay. No, hold on. No, hold on. Let me speak my mind, and then you can have your peace. If they didn't have him in his plans, they should have said, we don't have Ronaldo in our plans. He's free to find another club. They did not say that shit. They said, we have him in our plans. He's going to be a key player and a key leader. Look how they're treating him. And Jack's right. For the player that he is and what he's even brought to United or the football world in general, leading up to his last World Cup, hey, that's pretty fucking poor. I would hate for them to do that shit to Messi, and it's sad to see that it's happening to Ronaldo. No, I get it. He's at a certain age, but I think it could be dealt a little different with. All right. Now, yes, he fucked up in this scenario, but let's let's not forget who it is. It's Ronaldo. But regardless of which, go ahead and say what you want to say, because then we're gonna move on to some more positive shit. Okay. 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 Hey, so that can just hey kill your point. United, hey, reported and it confirmed he was allowed to leave during the freaking summer transfer if he wanted to. They should have said it nobody then. Wa- then not no, afterwards. No, no. Nobody wanted. Hey, nobody wanted him. That's he, from all the news. That's from hey, all the news. United. Uh, Ronaldo made it a big deal that he didn't want to be there because he wanted to play Champions League football. Where's your source? Nobody wanted is Wally News? Well, hell no. It's hey, ESPN, baby. ESPN. Oh, you uh, can't trust Espen, bro. You no, can't trust Espen. Oh, oh. oh, okay. Whatever. They don't even hey, show the just, Premier League. Yes, they do. It no, doesn't they don't. Matter. They show the FA hey, Cup. Yeah, okay. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, hey, it's reliable enough. What were you uh, hear- when at the time though? What was were you hearing most that he was going to be part of the team, that he was going to be a leader? No, he's no, a no, no, yes, that's what. No, check, what is I, that I, not what you heard? I, that's what I hey, read. Hey, that's are you going to let me finish? You going to let me finish? I'll let you finish. Go ahead, so go ahead, finish. Go ahead, finish. Okay, thank you. Thank All right, you're done. Anyway, right, we're going to keep on moving. No, on. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, nobody. Hey, who wouldn't want, like you said, who wouldn't want to have this type of, at this point, clinical finisher? I mean, I would think anybody, but. Obviously, they know, you know, what comes with Ronaldo. And like I said, United said anybody wants him, they can have him. And obviously, nobody wanted him. And, you know, here we are. But I think he'll leave in the winter transfer and, and we can all part friends, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if he lives in the, in the... I don't know where he'll go. I mean, I get it. Exactly. He comes with some baggage, but that's not what was being reported during the time. You're get, obviously getting that shit from Wally. I'm not saying that it isn't ah, true, whatever. but that's not what was being put out. Uh, okay. Ten Hag definitely said sources? he was going to be part of the squad. Where are you getting your sources? Well, I'm just letting you know. Where are you getting your sources? You need to sign him. My I'm, just, I'm just saying, George, oh, anybody oh, listening so here just, knows that Ten Hag hey, said this hey, is going to be I, a leader. I don't have the sources currently right now. That's Wally News Trust me, bro, sources. Trust me, bro, sources. Yeah. Anyways, we'll move on. Damn, the switch up is crazy, isn't it, Chacon? For a man that calls him his goat. Crazy. That shit is wild to me. 
I think you're out of the Ronaldo fan club. I think I'm going to have to remove your membership. Nope. 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 It's revoked. It's too late. Nobody's digging in the club. Nobody's digging in the club. George Saldana is done. Nobody's bigger than the club. Done. Anyways, hey, moving, on that, better, hey, moving on uh, to whatever. some better. Moving on to some. Moving on to some better. Yeah, right. Moving on to yeah, some better. Uh, to better news, we do see that the football world is definitely uh, giving inspiration to those out there. Juju Smith did the Erling Holland celebration. That was cool to see. And then the Yankees, Aaron Judge, even though they did lose, uh, and they're not going to the World Series. He said, "I've been watching a lot of Premier League soccer games, and those guys do it." He kissed his badge, so he's obviously inspiring there. And then we also did see that Clay Thompson said that their coach. Uh, Steve Kerr always tells them to base their offense off of Tiki Taka for Barcelona. So it's cool to see that the football world is obviously spreading out to the, all these other sports. As you can see, the beautiful game is worldwide. And uh, even top athletes of other sports definitely uh, I love this, this game just as much as we do. Another news, sad but uh, bittersweet, Frank Marie, a uh, baller, 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 uh, retires. Uh, he, he's one of the best that I ever saw. I won't say he's like... Goat, goat, but definitely a, a baller of a player. Um, so he he's definitely retiring, and oh, it's damn. gonna be sad to see. I, oh, you guys didn't I, see that? I, 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 yeah, I, I thought that. you were gonna say God forbid he was dead because I no, thought he was no, retired. no, no, he's not dead. No, he he retired. Um, he did announce it. I saw that maybe like two days ago. So yeah, Frank Ruby retiring. I know you said you had some things you wanted to share, George. I did. I thought that's what you said. <laughs> if you didn't, uh, Real Madrid, 16 games, zero losses, third best start to the season in Real Madrid history. So shout out to Ancelotti. Oh. That's another pretty good one. Um, and yeah, I think, that's, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Yeah, we'll I did, see Barcelona in the uh, Europa League soon, here soon. Yeah. Hey, what about the Lampard versus Gerard? Who was the better manager? <laughs> Lampard. <laughs> They're both buns. No, but I did see Frank Lampard won the Gerard debate as a player and as a manager. That one, that one's a tough call, but we'll see. Gerard is gone from Aston Villa. Uh, another news: Juventus is eliminated from the Champions League. We should have more on that on Thursday. And I think that's all I have. Do you guys have anything you want to share? Yeah, I did have something. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to piggyback off of your, you know, how footballing world is fusing with other sports i think that's really cool and there is no better time to get into the footballing world than right now uh, especially with the world cup coming to the u.s uh, especially for i'm assuming a lot of you know anybody who's listening is you know, based out of the u.s um, right now is a really good time to do the sport and i wanted to say mention something about fpl uh i know we've recently been getting a lot of those predictions wrong uh but that's <laughs> The Sorry. beauty Speak of the yourself. EPL. <laughs> Speak for and, yourself. And, and FPL is not like the NFL fantasy where they literally plan out plays for specific players to do well. The FPL is really based off of just how that player is playing that day, how they perform, producing something special. So there's going to be a lot of hit or misses. Uh, but I will say I did not hop off the Leicester train. I still have three Leicester players. In my I got receipts. Who have been <laughs> I have receipts as well. I have receipts uh, for all yeah, my lesser yeah, players yeah. in my we, fantasy team. M- Go pick them up, guys. It, man, we my just final remarks. Check <laughs> two episodes ago. We they did, jumped off the All bus. we said was that Leicester was going to be the nah, team, nah. and they lost, and we're like, now nah, they're buns. God damn, George. Okay. Fucking okay, sources is wild. Hey, right, sources is y'all. Look for George's mouth. For for the record, Send George is off, off of the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, fan club. He's been banned. I'm driving the bus. I'm He's the been charge. banned. Okay, what you say? 
I don't care what Javi says. <laughs> but yeah, check. Uh, yeah, for all those that play FPL. And again, if you don't play FPL, I would say join it so you get to learn it. We should be having a Foot News FPL uh, with prizes for the first place winner uh, next season. So that would be interesting if you guys are one of our listeners. It should be about 50 to maybe 100 players that play on that one. So that would be pretty cool. Uh, I'm thinking of having like a Bolondo or replica and then putting your name on it, put Foot News uh, Season 1 winner or whatever it might be for next year's FPL. Uh, so if you're one of our listeners that doesn't play, go ahead and start so you can start seeing how it's formatted. And I think that shit's going to be super fun. And obviously, who wouldn't want a little Ballon d'Or trophy? That shit's going to be dope. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys Thursday for the hey, predictions. Yeah, we'll hey, real quick, real quick. Oh, real quick, my quick. fucking oh, days. Jeez okay, hey, Louise. Hey, hey I'm, God I'm still damn. Ronaldo. I know. Go uh, ahead. Hey, about... No, about the EPO. Hey, guys, relax. Or FPO, relax. Okay, okay, There's okay. these guys that get paid real money, and they get that shit hella wrong. At least sometimes we're we're there. Shit, they can throw me 50 bucks, and I'll start doing some research. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, or same for y'all. So, hey, guys, relax. Don't apologize. That is Okay, that's true. Also, start, if you hey, don't know, you can Ronaldo. go and see the stats of current players and shit. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mitrovic is guess. back. It is always a guess. Um, I'm in first place in my league. Um, the regular one, I'm not. But anyways, regardless of which, or we'll ours. move on. Uh, we'll have a episode for you guys Thursday. Georgie, thank you for joining me. Uh, no longer Ronaldo fan. Chak, thank you for supporting me. Number one my... fan. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, good night, guys. Peace. Thank you guys for joining us on Foot News. We appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Please message us with any feedback that you might have on Instagram at Shavimira, X-A-V-I underscore M-I-R-A. And at George Saldana, that's J-R-G Saldana altogether. See you guys next week. Much love. Peace. Hey, maybe, hey, maybe in three years, we'll, we'll be like Joe Rogan signing $100 million uh, deals with Spotify.